Welcome to Three Films in a Podcast, the show where Destiny brought together three friends to enhance each other's cinematic journey by watching three new movies in a series of themed rounds. There is no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode, as all film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! Hello everybody and welcome to Three Films in a Podcast. My name is Ben Lawhorn. I am joined as always by two of my absolute favorite people, Tyler Beck and Matt Weiler. What's up guys? Hey, Hello. I'm glad you're Hi. both here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Um, and I'm glad you guys are here joining us. First time, long time. First time, long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. For, for those of you who are joining us, thank you for being here. Welcome to the movie club. For those of you returning, welcome back. Um, stoked to have everyone here. If you like what you're hearing, feel free to share this with all your friends and family and everybody. Um, we are three films in a pod. We're everywhere at three films in a pod. For the time being, we are a mere months away from our big change at the beginning of the year, 2024, which if this is after 2024 is going to sound really weird to you. But um, yeah, we're kind of rebranding everything and just stay here and you'll be all part of the the rebrand for Unsung Gems, which I'm curious if this movie would qualify. I'm sure there's something somebody would pick this for. Maybe a Ridley mm-hmm. Scott Unsung Gem. I have no idea. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Either way, thanks for being here, wherever we're at, Three Films Pod. Today, we are in the middle of our Legends round, and I decided to take that as literally as possible <laughs> when nominating my movie. You sure did. <laughs> I just really did. I was also just on the Tom Cruise kick, where I was like, I want my first, yeah. what I thought was going to be the first three qualifiers, our first three rounds. I went like, oh, I'm going to do a Tom Cruise movie for every one of them. Um, so we did, we talked about the mummy remake. We talked about the color of money, which was better than the mummy. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, really liked that movie actually quite a bit. And here we are wrapping it up with legend from 1985 director Ridley Scott. I forgot he directed this until his name popped up on screen. I was like, Oh shit, this is I know, it's wild. Ridley Scott. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, we'll get into it. I'm sure. But yeah, blew my mind. Um, so yeah, we have Tom Cruise here with all his original teeth. Um, just killing it. I, I thought he was, he was invested to say the least. So he's here. We have a pre Ferris Bueller, Mia Sarah here. This is her, her feature film. Her is it really feature film debut? Yeah. She had done like an episode oh. of all, all my children or some soap opera. Hmm. She only done one episode of that. And this is her thing. And then after this, the movie after this is Ferris. So it's like I an interesting it was, okay. jump, right? Like it's I thought like, maybe he saw her in Ferris. and was like, Oh, I want her in this. Right. It's like, Oh, this is her blockbuster chance with Tom Cruise, you know, yeah. up to upstarts and Ridley Scott. Um, that's crazy. Interesting. But now it makes me Real wonder, quick. did John Hughes watch this? And he's like, I need her in my movie. Like, how does she get cast? Well, I'm curious, but who knows? How, how do you not look at this woman and want her in your movies? Oh, yeah, for sure. What, what place on her, on her Rushmore is she? Or what place on your Crushmore is she, Ben? I, I mean, she might just be a, a she five. She's like just right outside there. I mean, the four is yeah. pretty locked in. But yeah, I mean, I can't deny that with that being my favorite movie, she's been this like you know, person on this crush more forever. So she's up there yeah. without a doubt, but you know, there's some people that are just locked in. No, I was going to say, maybe she would take 
the early, no doubt Gwen Stefani spot, but I just, that's no, you can't no. too precious. Yeah. I can't do that. It's it's too yeah. formative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also an unrecognizable Tim Curry, who, if I didn't know, if I didn't see him in the credits, I wouldn't have known he was in this movie. I yeah. don't think. Right. Um, yeah. Once you kind of like when you, uh, honestly, the it took me to figure out who Tim Curry was, and then we be like, "Oh, he's the devil." Yeah. Got it. Cool. But even then, it was like it took a minute. But once you like really, once once you really know it's it's him, you can kind of see. You For know, sure. you, you can definitely see it in there. But yeah, we'll get into that later. But he is yeah. unrecognizable. Yep, and. I feel like he was here for a different movie than everyone else in the best way. But, um, totally. Yeah. The log line of the movie, a young man must stop the Lord of darkness from destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves. Just uh, Wait, tales all this time. We're talking about day man, <laughs> the fighter of the night man, you know? Um, <laughs> Yeah, is Tom Cruise Dayman is the original Dayman, I guess. <laughs> Same energy, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, it actually is. Um, yeah, okay. So let's get into this movie, which was a literal adventure movie, but also an adventure to watch. Uh, I'm curious how you guys felt about it. Matt, I'm going to throw it to you first. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the not- Tom Hardy playing twins movie legend, but the Tom Cruise 1985 movie legend. Oh yeah. Thanks. thanks I just want to make sure. Yeah. I clarified it. I, reviewing the right one. Yeah. <clears throat> A little late for I, that. So I was, <laughs> Tom I Hardy was, was great. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I think a part of it and, and Ben, obviously for those of you who don't know, I grew up, me and Ben grew up in the same neighborhood. I grew up being very good friends with uh, Ben's cousin, Graydon. This movie would have been something that we obsessed over had we known about it when we were 13. For sure. For like, sure. Like that 80s fantasy horror genre with Muppets and crazy practical effects and makeup was just like right up our alley. And like the cool synth 80s music is yeah. this had this hit all the ingredients of that recipe. Mm hmm. And I felt disappointed watching this that like I wasn't on this cult train 15 years ago. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it a ton. Um, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I watched the trailer and like I heard some of like Tom Cruise's line deliveries. I was like, oh, this is <laughs> going to be so bad. And ultimately, his line delivery never really improved in the movie, but I still enjoyed it and loved yeah. it. And like I'll, I'll talk about one of my favorite scenes in the elevator pitch, which is actually a a Tom Cruise line delivery. But yeah, I mean, I saw people likening it to like the original Zelda video game. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is a very, like this story is probably the closest proxy for a Zelda movie that I've ever seen. Yeah. And totally. so just, just from that standpoint alone, it's worth watching, but there's, there's a lot to enjoy here. There's a lot that's like hard to sit through, like a lot of these eighties kids movies, but like ultimately I was a fan. And yes. I'll, I'll probably watch it again at some point, which I wasn't expecting. So this is a kid's movie. I like, is it like, a, is, that, is it like officially supposed to be a kid's movie? So what's funny about that is I remember when, so as Ben said, we had nominated these movies very early on, like last year, basically. Yeah. And someone was asking like, Oh, what three movies did you guys pick for legends? And I was like, Oh, well, these are kind of like obscure titles that maybe you haven't heard of. And like I'm explaining them to people and like 
my, my brother Dan's girlfriend was listening and like I was trying to describe this because I figured that no one had heard of the name. No one had even like seen the movie. She's like, oh, wait, is that have that big giant devil in it? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> She's like, I grew up watching that. I was like, how interesting. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. if it if it was like aimed towards kids, that like kind of clears up a lot of things for me. <laughs> to me, uh, it's like an yeah. elaborate adjacent I'm, movie. Yeah. Like I'm pretty self-centered, so I just assume everything's for me. You know, I'm a, a middle class <laughs> white man. Like yeah. the world's built for me. So I'm like, this tone doesn't match my aesthetic. <laughs> but it, you know, if it was made for kids, then you know, it's all good. <laughs> the devil uh, the big devil kind of reminded me of um the devil from the Tenacious D music yeah, video. Dave Girl. I was like, is was this their inspiration? You know, because like this was, there's was a lot of those horns were intense, but yeah, they were intense. Yeah. They were one of the things I liked about the movie. Um, I really uh, and like I really liked a lot of this movie, but I loved like a quite quite a bit less of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. makes any sense. Um, I couldn't agree more with Matt's book about Zelda. Like the whole time, I was like, "This is at the very least, it's really fun to feel like I'm like playing an NES game, like mm-hmm. in an old PG, you know, like an old." Yeah, Zelda is the perfect the perfect uh, example, and I loved the set design, like the world they were able to build, um, and the fact that it was all practical. I, I honestly can't think of a digital effect. I'm sure there were some. I'm sure there were plenty. I just can't think of them because, like, the actual physical sets and costume, and everything were so incredible, including Tim Curry's devil costume. Those horns yeah. are so dope. So <laughs> like, cool. I loved them. Yeah, and and even like the horns on the unicorn, like they look uh, like you can tell they're just glued onto a horse or whatever. But yeah. like, I would have assumed they would have like more wobble to them and stuff. But they looked, you know, like uh, um, they had some like um, what's the constitution to them or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know exactly the word I'm looking for, but um, and I, you know, I loved all the characters, like whatever those little like. Uh, Brown Tom and Screwball, whatever those dudes are, dwarves, <laughs> yeah. or I don't know Gub. what the hell they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, the goblins were super cool. I liked, the, you know, all the goofy little characters. Like, and definitely thinking of it with a children's movie in mind, like the goblins make way more sense to me. I, st- I like them regardless, but it's like, okay, like the bumbly goofiness of them, like, totally makes way more sense as a, as a children's movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I liked all the color palette and the lighting and the cinematography, but like, I didn't love the camera work, if that makes sense. Mm. Like they had such cool sets and lighting and costume design and choreography stuff. But then the camera just kind of felt like it was on a tripod swiveling around a lot. And um, I don't know. I just kind of like, I was like, I know it's difficult to move a camera around, especially at the time, especially with the equipment they were working with, but like, yeah, I don't know, man. Scorsese like, was able to get Ridley in there with Scott Raging Bull with the camera. <laughs> yeah, what? Come on, Ridley. But I don't. It just kind of seemed like lazy to me, and I was like, but they did it. They they went overboard on everything else, and then the camera. There's like, yeah, put it on a stick, and you know, we're fine. Yeah, move it on. I don't know. Just kind of felt weird to me. Um, sorry. Quick fun fact the about the camera. Oh, just super quick. Uh, I looked up. I want to see who the cinematographer was. Um, is a person named Alex Thompson and fun fact. He also did Excalibur. 
same cinematographer <laughs> from the last movie we watched. Oh, <laughs> Which interesting. like kind of wow. makes sense a little is it, bit. Wait, is this the one that yeah. had the panic attack and quit? <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that was like here. the that was the camera operator. It wasn't okay. like the cinematographer. It was the operator. Yeah. Okay. But still, like okay, interesting. Yeah, that definitely attracts. Um yeah. and uh I'm just really glad tom cruise's armor dress exists like i don't know what that choice was his little cocktail dress (laughs) he's like running around yes pretty little his pretty little dress running around the forest um (laughs) but yeah wasn't a fan of the tone but again rethinking it as a children's movie kind of helps and like ben you alluded to this earlier but i like didn't really love tom cruise in this like Mm -hmm. Until he was doing like actiony Tom Cruise stuff, like the fight scenes and doing flips and dives and stuff, like that yeah. was pretty cool. But everything else, and I'm just like, that director's note, like he's not acting like that for any other reason other than he's being told to. Yeah. So like, dare I second guess one of the greats? But like Ridley, my God, like what? Well, what are you doing? Like if it felt like at times he's like being coached to sound more like a child. Like totally. Yeah. Ch- change the inflection in your voice to sound like. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what that means. Yeah, there was so um, strange. a lot of moments, especially at the beginning, because we see him for a while before he talks. And I said out loud to my partners, like, oh, is this like a Tarzan story? Like, can he not speak? You know, like, I had no idea what was going to happen here. If it was just, and like the first thing he says, it. his first line delivery is just good. I was like, oh my God, this is like a Tarzan story where he knows like words and that like just singular <laughs> words and can't do a sentence. I was worried about it. And then, I mean, it got a little better, but it was kind of, but with Tom Cruise though, it was interesting because there, I felt like we got flashes of Tom Cruise that we just saw in like Dead Reckoning part one. Like when he yells after somebody, like he looked exactly the same as he did in Legend. Like he has that same panic and stuff. Like when he's watching her down, you know, below and he screams, screams for her. It's like, oh, that's the same face he does now. Like he's, he's, he can tap into this the whole time, this intensity. But yeah, then there was the very soft voice, you know, all that kind of stuff too, which is interesting. Yeah, interesting is definitely a way to put it. Oh no, I just was like, I just couldn't imagine the notes he was getting, like, and how this, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not Rid Scott. What the fuck do I know? But um, Tim Curry, legend. Like, mm-hmm. is this you? You said he came for a different movie, and I wish they all came for whatever movie he was in because he was fucking awesome. He's so good. So much. So good. Just incredible. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, overall. I enjoy it. I had fun. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, but I'm glad I saw it and uh, I'm glad that it exists. And I'm definitely rethinking it as like, I'm as I, I guess I wish I would have seen it when I was younger. I, I bet yeah. I'd have like, I, I bet I'd have a strong affinity for it. Had I seen it as a, as a lad. Yeah. I think Matt, your point was super accurate because I feel like uh, an obsession in our, you know, friend group and family and stuff like that was labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And this felt like, labyrinth before labyrinth kind of thing Mm -hmm. which is also funny because alex thompson did labyrinth he did excalibur (laughs) legend and labyrinth it's almost (laughs) as if it's almost as if we're on to is this the alex thompson round we need to switch our next movie to labyrinth um I, I just wonder what he, what was he going through is he's like, wait, I think I did this movie last year. It's like the kind of the same thing. Like goblin people and yeah. Um I don't know. I just kind of like last 
week when I said like, Oh, I just wanted to watch Monty Python the whole time. Like I kind of felt like that here. I was like, oh, I wish I was just watching labyrinth. Like this mm-hmm. is like fine. Yeah. And I'm glad that we watched it because if nothing else, you know, I can finally say I've seen Mia Sarah in something else. Um, I haven't seen her in much and it was fun to see Tim Curry. Um, you guys probably saw in the trivia, but I guess uh, entertainment weekly gave him or, or ranked his performance as the best performance in a bad movie. Uh, like, of all mm. time or whatever. And it's like, I That's could totally see round. that. Yeah. That'd right. Be a great round. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a really good round. Like what are, what are good performances in bad mm. movies? Uh, this Wait, would definitely Tim be Curry? up there. Yeah. You have to Tim Curry. Okay, cool. For yeah. a second, I thought you said Tom Cruise and I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hold on. It's fine. If I'm like on an, my Island alone, hating on Tom Cruise over here, no. but like it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. The, I don't know. I mean, Tom, he was, he was okay, I guess, but it was, he was interesting. He was to, trying. He was doing something. Oh, he was definitely like trying. <laughs> yeah, because this was like I think one of his first like I'm. This is like I'm the the protagonist. Mm-hmm. I'm the dude. Um, yeah. But the, again, like I was talking to my partner about this while watching it, and it's a dumb statement to make, but this to me is a great example of if you want to know what a good actor can do, watch this because. After this movie, Tom Cruise does Top Gun. That's his next movie. Like wow. he left this set and went and did Top Gun, which is just crazy because of my mind. Like, oh, you're like Jungle Boy, like Atreyu, soft. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. kind of Atreyu ish. Like, uh, yeah, just Link on this mission kind of thing. And again, in my mind, just kind of this like Tarzan you know, one with the nature thing. And then he goes Top Gun. <laughs> I was like, oh, I would never well- have imagined these were back to back. Speaking of a legacy sequel, I know Tim Curry is not in a place where he could do this performance again, but I would love a legacy sequel of this movie. I would love Tom yeah. Cruise to come back as Jack. <laughs> yeah. Find darkness floating in the abyss somewhere. Because oh. he's still alive. That's a, that was quite the yeah. the teaser they left at the end. I mean, like get, get Dave Grohl face. to come. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, have him do that. His tenacious D devil, that'd be perfect. Uh, that would be incredible. I there's just so much like about other movies here that blows my mind. Ridley Scott did he did Alien and then Blade Runner and then this, you know, like <laughs> that was his bananas. run, right? <laughs> it's insane. I, so to I didn't me. I didn't look that up. I was like, okay, so like maybe this was one of his first movies, like his yeah. first big budget thing, and they saw the visions, like, oh, cool, he can like create a world. Let's give him Blade Runner, like that's yeah bananas to me that it went the other way right i just i I wish i could watch you tyler watch this movie like not reading it as a kids movie and just see you watching it with a frown on your face (laughs) i mean i was just i was just kind of like i was like yeah i just like i just kind of don't get it there's stuff i like there's definitely stuff i like but i was kind of like all right this is very strange to me but thanks ben uh, for making me watch this Uh, oh, I always appreciate every nomination. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm on a track record with you. We just did both West Side Stories and now this. And hopefully the mm. next one I pick will be oh, good. Oh, yeah. What are you doing to me? I know. I'm <laughs> putting you through homework. Uh, you also but, introduced me to Ant Kingdom, though, so always oh, forgiven. that's true. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just looking at that, because I was curious as well. I thought this was like pre-Alien. I thought this was one of the first things, but then to see that this was like followed up alien and then blade runner. But it, it also made sense to me as to why these actors signed on mm. because if I, if really Scott had just done blade runner and he's like, Hey, I want you to come be in this like fantasy movie, like 
hell yeah, I'll do whatever you want, man. Like, I'll great. I would love to do that. Like alien, one of the best, you know, sci-fi movies of all time. Same with Blade Runner. Sign me up. And then it's just kind of a bummer. <laughs> this is like the movie they ended up in. Um, I feel like Tom Cruise gave up some role to star in this. I forget what it was. I'm sure it all worked out because mm. then he got Top Gun. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. The I think your point, Tyler, about the physical sets was just awesome. I mean, there's a scene where, you know, towards the end, kind of running through, like, it's like the Devil's Castle or something, but it looks like almost the pillars look like oversized pawns or chess pieces or something, but they all yeah. look practical. And they're just like, it's aming Some of those shots. It's you know, insane. This is so mm-hmm. cool. Like maybe some yeah, other mats everything. in the back, but like this, I love the shot. Yeah. The coloring of it all. Uh, the sets yeah. were, were a sight to behold for sure. I thought they were great. The other thing I want to say about this is I guess Tom Cruise wouldn't talk about this movie for a long time. Cause he insists the director's cut is better. And there's Ooh. apparently a two and a half hour long director's cut. Okay. Hashtag release. Like, let's see it. Uh, it apparently dives more into the, the humans and, and their story uh, like that, whatever swamp thing that he ends up like chopping the head off of, like there's a bigger Love scene that. there, S- something about like the sins or whatever, you know? Um, so it could, I don't know. It, I'm curious what it would be like to see another hour. You know, we, we watch Zack Snyder's six hour movie. It's like sometimes when you give people more time, it's a better story. But I also felt tapped out after an hour and a half, you know, I was like, all right, yeah, this was good. This was a, a perfect runtime, but mm. yeah, it was something um, like two thirty eight or something. So apparently Ridley Scott admits that, uh, comments made by some, like, uh, it's a hot smoking attendees of a screening. <laughs> convinced him to cut it down from the two and two and a half hours of you know the one hour 38 which oh nice thank the lord for those potheads although i do kind of want like yeah i mean i I feel like i have to see it now i'd love to yeah it's like i i want to matt and i are banging the dream for sub two hour movies over Mm -hmm. here but like Give it to me on DVD. I, there's more right? of this madness. Yeah, let's give me let's the option. It. Give me the option on a yeah. bonus material on a DVD. Don't give it to me in the theater. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when I watch it at home. So yeah, I'm curious about that. I think it'd be an interesting thing to to watch. But talking about interesting things to watch, I think it's time to get into our elevator pitch here. Uh, I'm curious, you guys, if you had to convince someone to watch this and you were able to pull up one scene on your phone to show them like what's legend about like i got the perfect scene for you watch this if you like it you should probably watch the whole thing what scene would you guys pick tyler i'm gonna throw it to you first before we get started does anyone want to get out so admitting that i'm like my scenario here is is very contrived i'm envisioning a, a moment where i'm on an elevator with someone that I know, let's say I'm on the elevator with you, Ben, and it's just the two of us. And I'm like, dude, I watched uh, Legend the other day. And you're like, oh, what's that all about? And I'm like, I got just the scene for you. <laughs> and I would show, uh, I would show when um, Lily is her name, right? Uh-huh. Mia Sarah's character, uh, when she transforms into Dark Lily, because be like, hey, Ferris Bueller's day off. Yeah. Do you like Sloan? <laughs> well, guess what, buddy. <laughs> just the scene for you and plus tim curry's in it as the devil acting like a weirdo and it's fucking awesome um it's kind of a it's kind of a red herring or like a MacGuffin, uh yeah. because 
it, it's not that that scene doesn't match the rest of the movie necessarily. I mean, I suppose totally it does, but I I think you would think you were for something wildly different than you got. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's that a, a visually pleasing uh, moment. Let's just say if you're of if you're of a certain um, persuasion. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It's a wonderful pick. Um, but that's probably where I would go. Also it. admitting that's the only scene I can remember in this moment. I, <laughs> I thought I didn't write anything down. I was like, oh, Bert. I had a different scene in my head, but I don't remember what it was. So. Well, I would say that mine. Okay, first of all, as I alluded to, this movie would have been an obsession earlier on in, earlier on in my life, partially because it's full of just weird bonkers moments that like as Tyler likes to use, it's a dartboard for elevator pitch moments for me. So like, there's a lot that fit that yeah. my criteria. <laughs> That's true. Um, I didn't pick one this time for you. I couldn't pin one. Down. Yeah. It's like, it could be any, like <laughs> just pause the movie and this is the scene. Um, I'm going to mention one, but I do have an honorable mention. Uh, the, the one that uh, I'll, I'll give my honorable mention after Ben gives his, but the one that like really struck me is, is more of like the climax of the movie. But it's the most Tom Cruise moment in the movie for me. And it's when, uh, uh, spoiler alert, Lily strikes the chain and op- uh, frees the unicorn. And he's like up hiding, like watching from some nook. And then he just screams, darkness! <laughs> and then it like plays like some, like I keep using the word Zelda adjacent. Like it's not the Zelda theme, but it's, it kicks in like the Zelda theme. And then he has like yeah. this boss fight with darkness, which was just incredible for me to see on a screen, having not seen like any form of adaptation of Zelda. And I thought it was actually like really well done, like pretty well choreographed given the the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I was just like stoked watching it, but yeah, like the way he screamed that like made me forget and forgive a lot of his really <laughs> weird childlike <laughs> line deliveries throughout the movie. Uh, but that that's got to be my scene. I would show it to them. I'd be like, "Yep, this is this is the climax of the movie. Check it out." I dig it. I like it a lot. I, like um, I mean, Tyler, I had the same scene as you. Uh, that was like, oh, I'm sorry. no. I mean, I, that's that was the most interesting scene to me as well as like watching that transformation. Um, I thought that was pretty rad. But I will say, like, <clears throat> she. It's not just the look either. Like she acts it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's actually a pretty decent performance by her too. So I think that's interesting. I, I don't want to just be pigeonholed into the guy that just like hot chicks, you know, but yeah. I, did, I did respect her performance as well. <laughs> In more uh, ways mm-hmm. than one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the other, I guess the, the other one I'll pick is there is a scene. I forget if it was Brown Tom or, you know, which one it was, but there was uh trying to defend the unicorn and the, the two goblins yeah. are attacking him and he's like doing all these like crazy moves and stuff like that. And, you know, like throwing everything back at them. And then suddenly out of nowhere just takes an arrow to the forehead, and just like dies. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like it really yeah. threw me off. It's like, yeah. did he actually die? Like he says something and then he just like falls back. It was like, is he dead? Like, did I just watch like, I thought this was a kid's movie, you know, and then this happens. We find out later, I mean, it hit whatever it hit, like his drink or something that mm-hmm. was up there in his hat. But it was just like for, I don't know, a solid five minutes or so. I was like, I think I just saw like a goblin 
take an arrow to the forehead <laughs> and then we just moved on. Like we just like yeah, kept going. Life goes on, dude. Yeah. So maybe I show that to world. somebody without them knowing that he actually lives, you know, and she's like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, this we're is crazy. taking arrows to the forehead. So watch this movie. Um, that might be it. Bob. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah. And those little dudes are so funny. Like, yeah. They're so weird. Mm-hmm. I I did want. They're like a combination of all of the fellowship, like all of the non-human fellowship, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, Emily and Mary and Pippin, and you know, like it's That's true. <laughs> I did hate Gump. I found myself hating Gump as I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. A couple, a couple of honorable mentions I wanted to give, both involving um, darkness. Uh, Tim Curry is. I really loved the opening sequence where he's kind of, he's got like the green eyes and like yeah. the dark green like, nails too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like what those, those shots mm. of that were just like, like crazy cool. Um, yeah. And it's scary. It was, it was super yeah. awesome. I also loved the line delivery between um, Lily and darkness when she like proposes the idea of like, I want to be the one who kills the unicorn. And he's just like, so aroused. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, like, he's yeah. so stoked. <laughs> he's like, I did it. I found her. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was easy. No one true love. <laughs> uh, I do just want to shout out the guy who played Brown Tom. His name is Cork Hubert. And the guy that played Pox named Peter O'Farrell. Both of their IMD picture, IMDb pictures are of their characters from this movie. Like that is great job. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, yeah, you're, it doesn't get better than this. I'm just going to leave Brown Tom <laughs> up there. It's my <laughs> professional picture. You want to hire Brown Tom? Isn't you know, it so crazy though? Getting... So obviously like labyrinth labyrinth has a cult following for completely different reasons and totally yeah. valid reasons. Like I love, I love the labyrinth. Um, I am shocked that we don't see more merchandise from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you said that early on that like, Oh, if you and Graydon had watched this, like you guys would have been talking about it. Like it would have been down the halls of Joel P. Jensen. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, people have been talking about legend. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, it's such a crazy movie, like whatever. And it became labyrinth because you know, that's the bigger movie, but legend. Yeah. I think it could have had a cult following and maybe it does that we just don't know about, but like yeah yeah this was more was like i talked comment. about at the beginning if i was just looking at tom cruise's imdb you mentioned legends as your theme i was like well he has a movie called legend i i don't have no idea what it's about <laughs> i've never even heard of it before so if it, it felt like it's like a cult cult movie if it mm-hmm. really is um yeah it feels like there should be more more love for this out there just on a nostalgia cult aspect but yeah but you know um oh go for it you say Oh, I was just, I was just, I'm just pontificating over here. All Nothing right. important. Cool. I'm just like wondering if it was up against, like, what was it up up against in the box office? Like, what overshadowed it? Did it not play in the theaters for very long? Did it not run on cable? Like, what I'm just trying to think of all the different reasons that a movie becomes uh, a, a part of the pop culture, you know? Yeah. Like, and why one doesn't when they're I could see- ostensibly. Uh, equals. I, I wonder if the the personification and I or the I wonder if the depiction of a Satan like character had something to do with. Mm. with yeah, that's the, probable. With American audiences. Let's see yeah. here. So I pulled up April of 1986 when it came out. Number one grossing movie, The Money Pit. <laughs> Number two okay. is 
Police Academy 3 back in training. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we have Out of Africa, then Gung Ho, which is quite the movie. The Color Purple, and then Legend comes in at seventh place, just above Pretty okay. in Pink, which had been out for two months at that point. Oh, okay. And they get a Sleeping Beauty re-release, so that probably cut into their budget too, cut into their money. Yeah, it's interesting. Man, what a what a time. Thanks, Tom Hanks. At the theaters here. Uh, <laughs> the Care Bears movie number two. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. You know, people complain about sequels and shit now, but we've been doing this yeah. forever. This isn't a thing <laughs> in the 2000s. <laughs> like, Police Academy 3 was the number two rated, like grossing movie in 1986. Like, we've, we've just been running it back forever. That's how it goes. So, okay, yeah, let's do our reverse Rushmore Mountain. I feel like there's quite a few topics that this could fall under. Uh, I'm curious if you guys had to build a Rushmore category around Legend, what it would be. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? I'm just going to start with mine real quick. I hope I don't take either of yours. But I think this is a good uh, Tim Curry Rushmore. I think it'd be an interesting one to have him on there. I know we started this uh, as a way to go through it quicker and easier, but I'm, we're, I'm just going to build it out. Uh, Got to do Fern Gully, you know, um, mm. he's in there. Same year as Legend was Clue, which is, he's fantastic wow. in. And then um, I think you have to do Rocky Horror Picture Show. Might be controversial to leave off it, but um, I would take Fern Gully over it and my Rushmore, so... That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do Tim Curry because like he has limited time. What is he like? Maybe 15 minutes on screen. Like not a ton of time. Not nearly enough. That's yeah, for sure. not enough. He owns he, the movie. He makes with the most 50, of it. Yeah. 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 He does. He does the best. Um, so that's what I do. Just a, a, a Tim Curry one. I hope I didn't take either of yours, but uh, that's what I'm going to do for my reverse Rushmore. Matt, what is your reverse Rushmore for legend? So so mine's down the same avenue and I'm only doing, I'm only sticking with mine because it is a little bit different than yours. Okay. It does involve Mr. Curry. Cool. But I got a little more specific and this is Tim Curry in costume Rushmore. Okay. Which does include it. Yeah. It includes Rocky Horror Picture Show, obviously this movie, and he doesn't have like any other at least that I could find outlandish costumes. So I'm going to do one of my favorite things is pulling him up at movie Muppet yeah. Treasure Island as Long John Silver. Long John. Yeah, I like it. Looking at his IMDb, I did not I realize how much voice work he does. He does, yeah, he does crazy. so much. <laughs> like, there's so many TV shows. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think I really realized he was Nigel Thornberry at all. But he does so much <laughs> voice work; it's nuts. But that's a great Rushmore. Well, as well. And it makes sense. I mean, most of what's so cool about his performance here is darkness is the voice performance. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. and the the bellowing evil. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, you know, like. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that guy rules. So mine is super uh like I bet you guys guess what I would say. Or when I say it, you won't be surprised. But um uh ring, ring movies. Okay. Movies with with important rings. Nice. Um and uh I mean I could easily fill it out with all three Lord of the Rings movies and then this one. Um frankly, those are Which the only done. ones I could think of. But, <laughs> I've done it and I will continue to do it. Um, and like, I feel like like a parody of myself at this point. It's like if anyone's listened to the show for any length of time and doesn't know what like my general 10 favorite movies are, like 
you're not failed. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. That's, I just couldn't have to think it. It's like, oh, it's a it's a ring, some sort of power. You know, there's even a he swims to, you know, get out of the river like like Smeagol does, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of parallels there. So maybe it's a maybe it's diving into a river for a ring. That's what we'll do. OK, diving into a river, chasing a ring. I have no idea if there's more than two movies out there. But <laughs> Let us know. Tell us in the comments. Yeah, there's got to be something out there. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Well, guys. That was legend. We did it. It sure was. That legend. was a legendary <laughs> episode. Yeah. <laughs> we got there, Matt. We did yeah. it. <laughs> I'm so excited for uh Napoleon coming out. Oh yeah. Like, Rid- like Ridley Scott's becoming like one of my most um I don't know what the word is, interesting directors to me because mm-hmm. he he really is like pretty hit or miss, you know. Um really want to watch The Last Duel again, you know. We yeah. already saw that during the pandemic together. Um, and I think maybe, uh, I didn't quite, I don't know. I would like to give it another shot, but it's just like, you know, he's got some of my all time favorites. I love Blade Runner to death. Yeah. Like, I fucking love that movie. And like, you know, I was watching gladiator last night with my family and he's got some really great stuff. And then he's got this and I, I you know, some other, I, he's just, he's an interesting, really interesting director. And when he nails it, he nails it. And when he doesn't, I guess you got to appreciate the swings, but it makes me really interested to see Napoleon and kind of where he kind of started and yeah. where, he, where he's gone and the different things he's done. I don't know. I think you'd be a, a real interesting. I mean, so many directors would, but I do think he'd be an interesting person to be around for unsung gems because I do think he yeah. has some, I mean, I'll say like probably my favorite Russell Crowe performance is American gangster. And that's Ridley Scott, you know, like hmm. he, I forget he did that, you know, that he yeah, just yeah. so he many movies. Too. Exactly. Like, you know, between that and LA confidential is my two Russell Crowe ones. Um, and yeah, the fact that he's on there, but black Hawk down GI Jane, like he's got a lot of great stuff and obviously like Thelma and Louise. So, so many good movies. Yeah. Seeing the, the fact that he put out last duel and house of Gucci in the same year, 2021 was just like, that's quite the move, but yeah, Napoleon's going to be yeah. great. And I'm actually also, I know it's a little ways out, but talk about legacy sequels. He's doing gladiator two, which is going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, the, the supposed cast on IMDb is, is intense. Um, but yeah, that was fun. That was a good talk. Uh, one she fun did fact. Matchstick and- yeah. Right. Like- Maybe maybe he's my favorite director. I guess. <laughs> Apologies to Ridley. That's crazy. <laughs> Not, no, um, I found the one movie I don't like. I guess. But Anyways. yeah, I don't know. Like you did the Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. Like who? I mean, it's just kind of all over the place. But the one last fun fact I want to share that has nothing to do with this movie, but I got caught up on Box Office Mojo and I went back one month to March of 1986. And the 11th highest grossing movie of March of 1986 was the original Back to the Future, which came out in July of 1985. That movie was in theaters for like eight months, nine months. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, that almost, that kind of answers the question. Like, there's no way this movie could have had any sort of following with Back to the Future out. Like, yeah, movie's a juggernaut. It's an absolute legend. Oh. (laughs) Oh. um and so i mean it kind of makes sense the movie like this might get overshadowed because it's back to the future it has its audience yeah 
in a way. That's crazy. I'm on a mission to find the the fans of this movie. Yeah. They, they've got to be somewhere. Well, There's got to uh, be a website with some cool t-shirts. You know? <laughs> Seriously. It's like that how-to with John Wilson when he goes with those Avatar guys. Like, There's got to be one for these legend yeah. fans that are out there. But um, Then May of 86, number one release movie, Top Gun. And legend stayed strong at number nine. I feel like that Tom Cruise, I think, I think they kind of benefited from that a little bit. So I'm just going to get lost in the box office mojo. Now this is, this is crazy, but anyways, thanks you guys. That was a fun chat. Thanks everyone for joining us and listening to us. Let us know what you think about legend. We are everywhere at three films pod soon to be everywhere at unsung underscore gems. Uh, so you can follow us there too. Those exist. We're just like keeping them in the secret. They're keeping them in the dark for now, but they'll be out there. So thanks for your support. And we will see you next week for the seventh seal. Bye. See ya. Bye. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation.